everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Bayou Chronicles. We're your hosts. I'm Crystal. And I'm Bethany. And can you guys believe it is basically almost August? So this year is over halfway over. 2021 has been the fastest and slowest year combined in one. Like, it has drug, but I also cannot believe that it's August. Like, uh, I'm, yeah. like I feel like it was just... I feel like January. It, was, it was just October and we were doing our first episode. Oh, I know. That's also absolutely insane that it's almost been a year since we've been doing this. So our little side hobby, because our husband said that we needed a hobby. Well, at least that's what my husband said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have a hobby now, which is, which is fun. Um, but we have to plan something pretty big for that. I don't know what, maybe a spooky photo shoot, give away a bunch of merch, both, any combination of any of those things. I don't know. Um, but sincerely, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for tuning in every week, listening to us ramble, um, listening to all of our audio technical difficulties, because obviously we're doing something wrong and we don't know what it is. Oh, man. We even had technical difficulties for, like, the past 20 minutes of us trying, or not even 20 minutes, like an hour, trying to figure out today, so... FaceTiming. I'm sorry. FaceTiming family members, begging, pleading. So, yeah, if someone knows more about this audio stuff than we do, please help. Um, If you are new to listening to our podcast, you will probably get annoyed with our voices i'm just kidding hopefully you don't but we don't really edit a whole lot of our mistakes our ums or anything like that out we kind of want this to feel like you are just sitting in the same room with us talking hanging out just chilling so we feel like this is kind of more authentically podcast than something overly produced so if you like overly produced shows this may not be the one for you but uh, other than that, I don't have anything else to say. Um, I'm going to pass it over to Bethany because today's topic is pretty interesting. If you have never heard of it, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but it is a little dark. Um, so we just want to give you the viewer discretion advisory. We will be talking about um, unaliving yourself today. So just forewarning. So I'm going to hand it over to Bethany. Um, yeah, this was a tough one to research. I honestly don't have as much in my notes as I normally do. Crystal's always making fun of me. I normally have like nine, ten pages because I really can ramble on. But this was one where, yeah, you already know a lot about it. And I did watch several documentaries and do a lot of research. But it's it's one that you can kind of just speak on from the heart in a way. I know that sounds really cliche and lame. Um, but I really want to do this one uh, justice and be as respectful as possible. Because both me and Crystal both take mental health very seriously. It's, I mean, we, oh, 100%. we'll joke about it, but we know each other and we know, you know, it's, it's a topic that it shouldn't be taboo. So this is unfortunately a place that has been made fun of, uh, 
sadly by Americans. It's I'm sometimes I hate that we're American. Oh yes. Um, and it can be very controversial because uh, what we're talking about, who has made fun of it in the past, what it pertains to, and I am seriously about to butcher this. And I even looked up and sound and heard how it sounded and pronounced. So, <laughs> Aokagara is the official name of it. It has so many different names, and I'm going to describe it. But it is a forest. It's so beautiful and lush and green, and it's, I'm going to talk about it later. It's weird that something so pretty is just literally a forest filled with sadness and pain and darkness but when you're looking in it it's literally just green and lush and it reminds us of behind the chapel oh literally that no there's no orange mushrooms but Uh. um that but it's literally a little forest northwest of mount fuji Mm -hmm. um off a small island named honshu that's probably wrong so many people are probably going to email write us on YouTube about how I'm terrible. You said this city is named wrong. Wrong. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just going to tell you right now. Like, we're stupid, dumb Americans. We're completely in agreement to that. And I'm, I'm very sorry. Um, I actually have friends that are stationed uh, there right now and have actually made several trips to Mount Fuji and jealous. It, it's beautiful. They live um, on a military base not far from there. I'm I am jealous. I, we wanted to get stationed in Japan so bad and they sent us to New Mexico. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and then we came here, which I'm not I'm not, you know, upset about that because we're here talking on Bayou Chronicles. Um, but I really so um, Shout out to my friend there. I won't say her name because it's not my place to. But I thank you for being in my life. And I get to see all these beautiful pictures. It's a wonderful experience. Um, But like I said, what people don't understand is there can still be beauty amongst sadness. And I, I know that sounds weird. But if you watch the documentaries, um, about this topic, it, it, just sadness and beauty coexist in one space. And the place we're discussing is that. It's filled with sadness. And it's our duty to discuss it in a way that honors and respects the people we're going to talk about. Um, because it's not just people that went in and alive themselves. It's so much more than that. It's a broad spectrum. And it it... it, it it's weird, but this is how all the documentaries and even the locals called it. It is the suicide destination in Japan of the world, really. Oh, yeah. Uh, in Japan, yes, but they even said that some people will come from, like, other countries. I mean, this sounds bad, and please don't take this as me saying I want to kill myself. But... When I looked at pictures, it reminded me of, like, the forest in the Olympic National Park when Tyler and I went to Washington. It reminded me of those forests, and they were absolutely beautiful. And so, in a weird way, I can understand why that you would choose that to be the yeah. place that you would, well, like, take your life. There's also some some 
cultural times behind it that led up to this. Like, Mm -hmm. there's some things that led people to going there, and it just became, like, a thing. Okay, but this is a look, and we were talking about this, uh, me and Crystal were with a friend the other day. Um, He runs uh, Once Upon a Time in Shreveport, and he was talking about how we were, like, basically we joke about dead people a lot. Yeah. And um, I'll be honest, I was watching this and it was sad and it was like actually showing the bodies and not that's terrible and nobody should make fun of it and I wasn't but the first thing that popped in my head is like wow, Crystal would love this forest because it reminds me of Twilight. <laughs> but that was the first, I wasn't thinking about oh this is sad, I mean I was but I was like oh hey, Crystal would love to come and frolic and yes. see vampires but there's yes. not it's, it's sad. Sad. But that's I'm being serious, and this is a serious topic, but that's just how me and Crystal, I don't know, It's how you compartmentalize the overwhelming amount of grief. Because I was getting to a place where I was very sad writing this and researching it. Yes, and your brain's protecting you from getting that deep. But anyways, it was described as the most popular destination in Japan, and that is how they said it word for word. For unaliving yourself. And it was a weird way to describe it. It First thought that popped in my head is they're describing like a five-star resort. Like, here's your destination. Come on down. Come on and kill yourself here. Yeah. I don't know. But I feel like for them, it's how me and Crystal joke. It's so normal to them because it, I mean, it's their home it's local people, and they know what happens there, and it happens every single day. So I think they're just, like, desensitized to it in a way. Mm-hmm. They were, like, they were the ones making that joke. And I, I mean, I'll be honest, I thought it was funny. But that's just my humor. But Well, it, I mean, it's just, like, it's no different than me making incredibly morbid jokes about my dead parents. Yeah. It's you, your brain over time has to function with that grief, and humor is... A very popular way of dealing with that I'll be grief. honest. Um, everybody, if you, I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you know Crystal is from Shreveport. I'm from Fort Walton in Florida. And we actually had a 59-year-old man drown and die at the beach the other day. Oh, my gosh. That's um, horrible. And that's horrible. And his wife and children were there. But it was double red flag and there was a riptide. Oh, Sir, well, follow the signs. Yeah. Look at the sur- look at your surroundings. You're 59 years old. Like that's terrible. But why are you and your children and your wife it's trying to swim? Double red flag. And they were from like Arkansas or somewhere. Like total, you should not know locals. Better. The locals weren't on the beach. Like stick your feet in the water. It at least, sucks but... that you paid two thousand dollars for a hotel for a week. But it's double red flag. You're not supposed to be in the water at all. Yeah. And there's riptides. That's why it's double red flag. Because can't you get sucked out of a riptide in, like, ankle, or not ankle, like, knee-deep water? You can. You can. And I don't know, maybe that was me being desensitized, but, like, it happened so often. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, it's another out-of-towner not Mm -hmm. following... The rules, or not following common sense. Natural disasters. You know, riptide's there. You're in its way. I've been in one before, and I thought I was going to die, and almost did die, so it's... Basically, the people of Japan are just, 
used to by now. Because over 100 bodies are found each year within the forest. That's it's insane. It's pr- honestly probably more than that. That was just um, one of the local, like, geologists. He is in one of the documentaries, actually. He goes and he basically takes care of the forest, but his side job, which is sad, is he discovers a lot of the bodies. And that was just him giving a rough estimate of how many he's found. Yeah. That's I just one imagine, person. I can't imagine what it feels like for people who are there to see the beauty of the forest to just stumble it is a upon, park. Yeah, to just stumble upon yeah. a body. Yeah. That's why they have like some of it roped off. Mm-hmm. So like the people that are going there to unalive themselves go to that part and then not the part where like families are like out in the park and hiking yeah. and stuff. But yeah, that was that was his rough estimate was 100 bodies, which was really conservative. It sounds like yeah, but and you know, like I was describing, it's very lush and green if you look at pictures and watch videos. And some of the bodies are like covered by vegetation and just the forest, basically swallowing them up kind of because they do they have i know this is incredibly ignorant question for me to ask and obviously i'm sure the answer is yes but does the forest itself have any natural predators in the forest that would like i know this sounds horrible but like eat the bodies i'm sure there is but i didn't see it really mentioned anywhere in my research or any of the videos and documentaries i watch but i'm like mm. I don't know. That's tricky. I don't. I'm Japan, just. I, I, I am mean, just. I am just ignorant upon Japan's like. Now that you're thinking about it, vegetation too. and yeah. their what's the word called when you think about like all the animals? Like what is that? I don't know. I don't know what now I'm is. drawing a blank. Yes. Yeah, so and now I'm questioning if Japan even has animals. I'm sure they do. <laughs> I know. That's why I said I feel ignorant because I know they have animals, but I don't know what they're like. Their native, yeah, predatory species of animals, like you know how we have like wolves. Yeah. I'm sure they have a wolf I'm of sure. some type. Okay, this is going to be a topic for after okay. to look up because I'm very curious. But also, I did look up a little of how this. It's an island, like I said, it's a small island off of Japan. And if you don't know, like Japan, Japan is basically built up of smaller islands that you know, kind of like Hawaii. Places like that. Mm-hmm. Um, in this specific area where um, it is was actually created from a volcanic eruption in the year 864. That was very long. Very but actually not that, that long, long ago. It's not it's a long time ago. That long, but basically one of the volcanoes erupted and... It's a pretty recent the vegetation, eruption. Yeah. To, like, create an island. Yeah. Also, it was very amazing that they could pinpoint, like, the exact oh, year and stuff. Oh, I know. That's and crazy. Stuff. Science. I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I told Crystal this the other day, science is my worst subject. I was terrible at it. I could do any math you threw at me, any English literature. But, I don't know. I. It was just amazing that they could actually pinpoint to that specific time frame, and they knew. And it's amazing that, like, this lush, like, vegetation can grow out of literally ash. I know, it's insane. And stuff, but ash is actually very fertile. Uh-huh. Not, I don't know if a lot of people, That's one that. science fact I know. <laughs> 
something in it. That's as far as my... I guess that's the one like Kauai is so lush. Yeah. Some, I don't know. That's as far as I... No, I just know it is. But, um, yeah, it's amazing. And I do highly recommend watching the uh, Vice documentary on this very topic. I watched it on YouTube. You could probably find it on maybe Amazon Prime, other platforms. But it was very well made. Um, and it actually brought to my attention something I wasn't even considering. And that is the people that work at the forest. Um, like the geologist I was describing, he is one of the main uh, person that talks in the documentary. Mm -hmm. um, he's really there just to like make sure the forest is okay. Like the park is okay. The trees mm -hmm. are okay. That's a pretty Everything. cool job though. I'm assuming the animals like we were talking. Oh my god, I'm obsessed with this job though. But like I said, since so many people come there and unalive themselves in the suicide forest, he had what? Sorry, I figured out the word. It's fauna. Flora and fauna. For what? For, like, the animals. Like, flora oh. is, like, the vegetation and flowers and plant life, and fauna is okay. the animals. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just, it dawned on me, and I was going to forget it again if I didn't tell you. Yeah. Right. Sorry. <laughs> now, let's think about where I was. You're talking about the guy. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, he's there to be a geologist. Like, yes. he studies the rocks, the plants, the animals, and stuff like that. Make sure it's okay and, up to, like, nothing, you know, in danger and everything like that. But he's, you know, kind of had to add on the second job title of finding bodies. And actually, I will warn you, if you watch the documentary from Vice, actually, while they're filming, they find a couple bodies. That he did not know was in there. So, and one of them had actually been in there for his guess was two years because mm -hmm. it was completely decomposed. But, oh, yeah. And you just randomly find him. He fi they're walking around filming and he's talking about it. And he's a local to the area. He said he's uh, actually worked for the park for 30 years. Uh -huh. So, that was, it was <sighs> sad, but mm, it I was. I do have a question. Um, when... Obviously, I didn't watch this documentary yet, but in this documentary, do they tell you if, like, when they find a dead body, do they take it out of the park, or do they leave it there? So, they didn't really go into much detail, but he, when they do find it, they mark it, um, and obviously somebody comes and picks it up. They're not always, they're not left there. Mm -hmm. um, they actually... It gets kind of graphic. They find some nooses on the ground where the people have come in and either found their loved ones or the coroner has come in, and they'll cut them down from the trees. So do and then they take the body. like if they find somebody? Do they try to identify them? So they yes, let the actually, um, some of the families come into the forest where the person commits suicide, and they leave flowers and chocolates and signs oh, and that's stuff sweet. like that. Yeah, but the one thing that I didn't think about, and it was like, of duh, was he, so when the documentary starts, he's walking, he's parked, gets out of his car, and he notices this vehicle, and he says it's been there for about two months. And since it's been there so long, he's come to the conclusion that that was one of the people that came and unalived themselves, mm -hmm. because... Why else would a car be When you there go and kill years? yourself, nobody's going to be there to drive your car home 
and gave me chills because I honestly wasn't thinking about that and think about how many cars are left in that parking lot how many they have to have towed belongings like in one of the cars in the back was a map and it had the suicide forest circled on the map like they knew where they were going and they were literally from out of town and drove all the way here to kill themselves so that's horrible that was just i didn't think about that it just breaks my heart that people's that the mind gets to a place where that is a viable option does that make sense yes like it hurts my heart that people struggle and that there's struggles in this world that get to a point like i it doesn't seem fair i agree I agree. Um, yeah, that's a good point. And a lot of the times when they're walking through, and it sadly they have to do this ritual every day, they start their day by first checking out the forest, making sure the park's okay. Um, they have areas marked off because some of it can be dangerous because it is a very big forest and you can get lost easily. So they have it marked off. For the families, and then they have to go and make their rounds and find bodies or see if mm-hmm. there are bodies. Sometimes they'll find people camped out in tents for days contemplating whether they want to kill themselves or not. And sometimes they go and they talk to them and they kind of talk them off the ledge, so to speak, and kind of reel them back into reality. And sometimes it's just them speaking to them and seeing that somebody cares that they kind of decide no and they go home they find umbrellas they find clothes they find women's makeup food like some of these people go and they go out in the forest and they're there for several days Mm. and it like kind of makes your stomach a little uneasy to think about that somebody out in the dark forest out in the middle of nowhere alone Mm -hmm. considering if they want to kill themselves or not it's deep it's really deep it's really deep and sometimes when they're walking through they they found stuff nailed to uh nailed to trees and it's like some of these people were really really either tortured by society and felt like outcasts, and this was their way of like outlashing and like their one last hurrah. I'll nail this kind of creepy doll upside down to the tree in my way of you know rebelling. And it was I, it was just very odd. It was very odd. Some of the stuff. It's it's just incredibly sad, I guess, for me that this place that is objectively so beautiful is the last place or the last thing that this person who is so tortured and in such pain it's kind of beautiful in the sense that this that they're letting themselves experience the beauty of this place yeah before they go it's very deep um but i'm gonna get into kind of where it all started this is just one part of the culture this might not necessarily be what started at all but it is one theory and it is one thing that did happen and this is why this episode was so hard 
for me to write because I personally just went through this in a, a completely different way. But um, I, I, Crystal spoke about it on here a little bit. And I recently did just lose my granny to cancer. And life happens. We can't change the path sometimes. That's fine. I've talked about it a lot. Me and Crystal have talked about it a lot. Um, but it, I wasn't expecting to talk about grandparents when I was researching this. And then, bam, talking about grandparents. But a lot of times in Japanese cultures, I did not know this personally. And it was interesting to research it in a way it did make me very sad and depressed and I actually immediately picked up my phone and I text Crystal and I was like this this episode's going to be rough mm-hmm. um but um a lot of times in Japanese culture suicide is very natural it's not taboo to them at all and I mean I knew that from like a samurai point of view yeah if you're gonna lose a battle they normally would commit suicide by um driving their own like katana or sword into their chest because they know they're in defeat that righteous death yeah i know that you know i knew that part but sometimes this is the what i didn't know sometimes when there was very poor families or families that had somebody with a disability, um, they would send that person or their elderly out into the forest, um, basically to die. No food, no nothing, no shelter. If they couldn't take care of them anymore, they would just send them out to this forest or any forest like the one we're talking about now. And I personally can't imagine that. I mean, I watched mine Uh, passed from cancer and it was very hard to watch I can't imagine sending her out into a forest simply because I couldn't take care of her and I couldn't feed her um but I'm not judging that I'm not that's their culture that happened a long time ago I hope to god in 2021 they're not sending their grannies and their papas out into the forest if they are that's their culture Um, I just wanted to include it because it does really tie all this together because that is originally what was happening in this forest. I mean, I can, I can see it now. I feel like maybe it might be something more where like the elderly people, for example, and like their situations where they have like this recognition that I am a burden to my that's family what it, that's what it was a lot of them it, a lot of the times it wasn't the family sending them out some did a lot of times it was just them going out on their own and they would kill themselves in the forest because they were old they couldn't contribute to and the that's, family and anymore that to me is that's a very respectable decision yeah. because i think i've even told you that if i ever if i have cancer or if i live to be 90 and I can no longer take care of myself and I have to be a burden on someone I don't think I'm gonna like straight up unalive myself but I think it's worth a healthy discussion of if if I do have the option of an alternate ending is that the right option for me to not be a burden to my family because a part of me is like and I mean this in literally the most respectful Respectful way possible as someone whose mother did have cancer, my mom 
felt very strongly that she was a burden to people and that she was a burden to us. Yeah. And did I feel like she was? Oh, not once. And I think anyone in my family would tell you the same, that my, that my mom being sick and my family taking care of her, she never once felt like a burden. Yeah. But she felt that way. Yeah. And I know that if I was in that situation, I wouldn't want to feel like a burden. And I think it's a very respectable option. Yeah. It's not taboo for them. A lot. Uh, I kind of dug into the rabbit hole, and it's like I said, it's for Japanese culture. It's not taboo. They it, it they know if they can't contribute to life, or they have some kind of significant illness or something to that effect, uh, suicide is basically their first option. So, I mean, for us, it, for us in America, it's very taboo. And I think you that's a cultural you thing. You don't talk about, yeah, and I'm, you know, will I talk somebody off the ledge? Yes. Yeah, 100%. Yes, but I do not have control over somebody's body. Is that is what they really want in life? That's their wishes. But I wanted to compl- to include this because it is Japanese culture, and it was a big part of how the suicide force started. It's where people went to just kind of be at peace and be surrounded by nature and go the way that they wanted to. And in a way, that's beautiful. In another mm-hmm. way, it's very sad, and I feel for the families. But it's their wishes. Um, but there is a sign when you enter the forest, and I'd like to read it to everyone. It I, was very touching, and I'm glad that they do have it for those people that are kind of on the fence, whether they're supposed to be there or not for those reasons. And it says, Your life is a precious gift from your parents. Please think about your parents, your siblings, and your children. Don't keep it to yourself. Talk about your troubles. Um, and at the bottom, it gives info for a suicide prevention program that they have there in town, which I thought was very nice that they included that. Mm-hmm. And it's something simple like that. It's something simple like a small sign. That sign, you know, they might read it. Some, they might read it and just kind of like scoff at it. And they're like, Ugh, well, I'm still going to do what I want to do. And that's their decision. But maybe that one person reads it and they're like, yeah, what about my parents? What about my my brother, my sister, what about my kids? And it, you know, it stops them. So or even if it's, even if you don't have parents, siblings or children, do it for yourself. Yeah. Like, and someone once told me something about like, I don't want to say necessarily talking someone off a ledge, but it's really impacted me for a long time. And it was someone, you know, said that at the time that you are warning and you are thinking, having these thoughts, you feel alone. And, you know, you may not have anyone that you feel like that loves you. And you may not have anyone that you love. But what if you meet that person tomorrow? What if next week you meet someone and they become like your family? And they do love you unconditionally. And you love them unconditionally. You'll never get the chance to experience that love. And that made me, like, really think about all the things that you can miss like all the joys that you can miss in life because the sadness sucks but the sadness isn't forever no sometimes it feel it probably feels like that i know a lot of times in my life it's felt like that but then the next day you might wake up and it's a really good day 
And then some days it might not be. Some days you might be stuck in this never-ending sadness, grief, anger for years. And that's just the luck of the draw. It's like gambling. You might put that last token in and you might hit the big one, but then you might have just spent your last 25 cents. It's a gamble. Life's a gamble. And um, that's why I included it in here. I probably won't mention the name because we already have people that hate us, <laughs> especially on YouTube. Um, but there was an American YouTuber, take that as you will, you probably already know who I'm talking about, that did visit the suicide forest, um, and he actually recorded himself in it, and there was actually some bodies that were still hanging, and then he proceeded to laugh and then post it on YouTube and monetized off of it. That's so freaking And then disgusting. did a stupid couple minutes sorry he cried video and now he's very famous and has millions of dollars and it makes no sense that us americans allow people like this to become famous because when i was researching this and i was watching the videos and i was watching them go through and find the bodies i just felt sadness i didn't feel sadness for the people they're gone they can't deal with that anymore but that these bodies are now on film mm-hmm and they're being filmed, and their family members might watch it, and they'll see their loved one on this documentary or on this YouTuber's video because it's out there, guys. It was taken down, but once a video is uploaded to the Internet, it's, it's, always nev- it's never gone. And think about that. And that's how we are as Americans. We are, we are the bad country. <laughs> we are the country that gets made fun of. These people are just trying to find peace, and their way of peace is ending their life. So take that as you will. But it's it's just, I don't know. That, I felt some type of way about that, and it really bothered me back when it did happen, and then when Crystal brought this to my attention that she wanted an episode about it, it just like came up again and I was like, I know how I felt, I know how Crystal feels about this topic and it's just something that should really be respected. And a big thing is, the the line that people love to say is people that commit suicide take the easy way out. And I personally don't like that phrase. I don't know how Crystal feels about that phrase. I hate it. There's nothing easy about suicide. You are... It's it's easy for you, yes. You can easily kill yourself. But you have to think about the people you're leaving behind. The life that you're going to be missing out on. Or what you might not be missing out on. There's so many things. You're battling so many demons. You're feeling darkness. You're in a hole that you don't think you can ever climb out of. There's a rope that's just barely out of your reach. And you can't ever grab it. There's nothing easy about it. This whole thing was tough to research. It's dark. But yet you're in this beautiful, green, bright, sunny forest. And you also cannot convince me that people who do commit suicide aren't struggling with the idea if they want to do it or not. And one thing that really 
the the one thing that really got me is some of the people a vast majority like statistically the majority of them do hang themselves um naturally i mean that's pretty quick mm-hmm. um there is actually one actually it's not it's not and that's what i was about to talk yeah. about um well it's quicker than the other one i'm going to uh, talk yeah. about but actually there's a survivor oh wow and the only reason he survived is because it took it didn't snap his neck. Sometimes if it snaps your neck, you're dying instantly. His neck didn't snap, and he literally hung there for three minutes. Not, mm-hmm. And he has, a, he has a, like a, a scar like a scar, where the rope was just digging oh into his gosh. neck. And actually, one of the workers found him and cut him down, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But think about that. For three minutes, this man hung there suffocating because he wanted to end his life what's easy about that nothing yeah, and then this other form which um one of the geologists that runs the park he's found several women he says the women prefer this option the men prefer to hang themselves the women prefer to take sleeping pills mm-hmm. or some type of pill and if you're not like you don't have a lot of knowledge on that i do because obviously i'm from florida and one of the drugs okay (laughs) drugs stuff like that you don't die instantly it goes into your stomach it starts tearing away at stuff you start foaming at the mouth and ultimately you either suffocate suffocate or you vomit and choke on your own vomit and a lot of times that's what happened to these women and they they can lay there for days and not die and ultimately they're so weak from being dehydrated and you know starvation and all these pills in their stomach that they finally pass away think about that that's so painful they're in so much pain that they are willing to go through that just to kill themselves just to stop the pain the pain and i i I think i would just ask anyone out there who has never suffered with these thoughts which if you haven't you're lucky you're very lucky and probably very rare yeah um but if you've never suffered with the thought process that you would rather subject yourself to pain in order to escape the pain if you know someone who has talk to them yeah see if they will communicate with you do your research on it because it is not as easy as this thing that people can just oh she killed herself oh he he shot himself like it's it's not that easy no and people who kill themselves don't think that they're doing it pain free no they don't do it saying let me do it in the easiest way possible and they're not being selfish. I hate when people say that too. No. I've gotten in that argument a lot. They're not you don't you don't understand. It's such a dark place that you're just trying to get away from it. You're just trying to get air and away. And a lot of people feel like they are a burden and that they yeah. that they are or society has yeah. bullied them and made them feel so taboo or worthless or not a valued member that they just want to get okay well i'll just kill myself and that sadly that is what happens so this episode was um i feel like the month of july we've just hit you guys with some hard stuff man i'm sorry weirdo that likes to eat buttholes 
Yeah. That was I'm, I'm still sorry. having I still haven't recovered <laughs> from that one, honestly. I'm sorry. This is what happens when you say, Crystal, pick, pick the pick she, the yeah. ones for the month of July. Yeah. And this is what happens when you let me pick them. Yeah, all. this is Crystal was in control of July. Okay, I'll let Bethany have August. Maybe she'll give you some like easy ones. Maybe they'll be yeah, good. But in let's let's end this. You can't really end it on a happy note. We just talked about a bunch of sadness. We can end it by saying or talking about suicide prevention. Yes. If you have these thoughts, know that these thoughts are common. They're valid. They're valid. That if you need to speak with someone. Please reach out to us. We will attempt to make time for you. We will direct you to anything that we can do to get you help within our means. Um, Please reach out to, um, you have local suicide hotlines. There's the national suicide hotline. You can do a quick Google search and I promise you most of the suicide hotlines have a text message option now they so do the anxiety do. of calling someone and talking to someone gets to you like it does me amen sister. um you can text them and just say hey i'm having a really hard time even if you don't want to kill yourself even if you're not wanting to make that option right now but you're struggling with those thoughts or you're just in a really dark place or There's, you're lonely. Yeah, or I know me lonely. and Crystal have we've experienced that. We know yeah. how that feels. Reach out. I promise. Our email. You can message us on Instagram, wherever. If you just want to chat about something about the We're episode, here. Just, I promise this is a safe space. There yeah. is not a more. You have two. I don't know how to describe us. We're very much liberal. I would say. Yes. Very much. We're LGBT, open. Everything. Whatever you are. Just come on in, come as you are. We're here. We We very much get made fun of all the time. Yes. On how we feel, our political, everything. I promise that's the safest place that you could find on the internet on apple spotify wherever else you find us not youtube because youtube hates us yes the people of youtube but i promise you can always reach out to us take this seriously i know this episode was really probably weird and hard and strange to listen to it's not buttholes but it was something it's something that needs to also be talked about and awareness needs to be yes given because i feel like suicide is often stigmatized as you said is the easy way out and it's something that people don't want to talk about and suicide is going to happen it has happened and it will continue to happen and chances are every single person listening to this knows someone yeah who has committed suicide and i think it's important that as you listen to this that you reflect, maybe give yourself, after you turn this off, maybe give yourself 10 minutes of meditation on what their thought process might have been like before they did that act. Yeah. And just live your life as positively and as helpful and as just a light to anyone that you may see hurting. And maybe it'll stop you next time before you say something rude to someone or oh yeah you know be aggressive towards someone or you next time you just miss someone because you never know what your actions how your actions might affect someone 
Exactly. So. Be- beautifully said. Yeah, that's yep. all I got. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in for another episode. I We are crossing our fingers, guys, that we get all these technical and just... Crazy issues. Bethany and Crystal issues we always seem to have. Well, look, here, if you made it to the end of the episode, we'll tell you what's going on and maybe you can help. Yes. We have two microphones. Two very nice yes. microphones. Um. They're both USB microphones. At my house on my computer, I can have them both plugged up. I can run them through, what's it called, voice meter? Meter, yes. And connect to Audacity, and it runs fine. However, at Bethany's house on her computer, same microphones hooked up to the USB through voice meter and Audacity, and it results in the voice issues that we had on our previous episode. Makes us very grainy. It makes us very grainy and jumpy. Staticky. However, if we just use one microphone on Bethany's computer, it's how it is today. It sounds beautiful. So, any help, any advice, any questions that we can answer that might help you help us, we would be greatly appreciative of. We need a podcast for dummies. Shoot, at this book. point we will pay you for oh your my, time. Yes. We will pay you for your time. What is your cash app? What is your Venmo? Yes. <laughs> like we're that, like I feel like we're that just dumb about it but that is our issue so if you made it this far and you happen to know how to help or you know someone who knows how to help. Please reach please, out. Please. <laughs> please. Desperately. Please send us or send them our way. But that's all I got. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and you try to live as beautifully, authentic, and kindly as possible. Bye.